Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. Welcome to tonight's post-debate analysis. It was VP versus the wannabe tonight. I am Andrea K. sitting in tonight with my buddy, my friend, my partner, Eagle Ed Martin. Hey, Ed. Hey, that's a great one, the wannabe. That was some debate, I have to say. I, I didn't know what to expect, and uh, I don't know what channel you watched, Andrea, but I hope most of the listeners watched on the split screen. I don't know if yep. that was required, but the ability to watch Kamala Harris make faces during the debate, I mean, you know, one of the things you learn, again, if you're ever a candidate, people are always watching you, and so mm-hmm. you cannot make roll your eyes and all that. It was extraordinary to watch. It was going to be, it's going to be fun to break it down. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. We are going to be here, Ed Martin and I are going to be here until 9 p.m. Pacific time. And I'm actually uh, I'm actually really looking forward to this next hour and a half, because unlike what happened at the first presidential debate, we actually had some actual good policy <laughs> points that both of the candidates yeah. put forth. And it was interesting what was said versus what wasn't said. And Ed and I are going to break it down. Of course, you know, I'm host every night of the Andrea K show from uh, here on The Answer San Diego from 6 to 7 p.m. Ed hosts the Pro-America Report. And follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm on uh, Facebook at Andrea K. We are streaming live on Facebook right now on The Answer San Diego. Follow Ed at, on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. And we're going to take your calls tonight, 888-344-1170. We've got a couple of great special guests lined up for you guys tonight. We could not have a debate with Kamala Harris without having Tom Del Beccaro on the show, who is the former head of the Republican <laughs> Party for That's the state right. of California, who actually una- uh, unanimously crushed Kamala Harris in a debate. So he's going to be with us at the, at the top of the hour. I look forward to his analysis. Jen Kearns will be back with us. And you guys know my friend Jen Kearns. She actually is a former writer for presidential debates and wrote many of these shocking questions that were um, presented to President Trump in 2016. I'll be interested in getting her analysis. Okay, so we let's break it down tonight. For an, I want to talk tonight's style because I think what you talked about, Kamala Harris, is really one of the threads uh, that everybody was talking about tonight. There's style and then there's substance. There's what was said and then there's what wasn't said. And I think the contrast, sure. I don't know that they, I don't think they planned when they did this side by side with them sitting down, Ed. I don't, they, they didn't have any idea. I mean, we know that the commissions and we know that these debates are a setup for the democrats somebody then should have coached her to watch you would think you're a lawyer ed you would think in the courtroom aren't you guys trained on how to present yourselves how to how to be persuasive and that includes your body language the entire debate her laughing her smirking her expressions of arrogance Mm -hmm. i mean she literally laughed at a point in which mike pence was talking about the Mueller Mueller family and and their daughter, Uh, everybody across the board was talking about her reactions. The left is trying to spin it as though she was schooling Mike Pence and talking to him like a child effectively. I I think that that was a big, big um, downfall for her tonight. 
Well, and listen, um, here's an interesting thing. You brought it up, Andrea, and, and, it's, 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 and now you've made me think about it. In a usual debate where you're sitting at a table, in fact, they flash back to uh, over uh, earlier in the pregame on one of the channels, Lieberman versus Cheney. And, and the, the pre- vice presidential debates, for whatever reason, the tradition, at least since then, has been to sit at a table next to each other. So there's a, in the front is a moderator and then two people sitting within, you know, four or five feet of each other. Now, because of the, the Wuhan virus and the, the Biden campaign demanded 12 feet and then they demanded that plexiglass thing. What it created was it was in it was they were unable in the TV, which is what matters the most for the coverage to cover both of them in one shot. So they had to cover them kind of from different angles. And therefore, I think they put them on uh, split screen the whole time almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably 95 percent of the time. And I don't think she could have planned for that or might not have realized as they were fighting for this double plexiglass 12 feet that it was creating that dynamic. However, having said that, look, when they write the history of this period, has there ever been a vice president who accepted the role so well? He, he, I said earlier today, he's the golden retriever mm-hmm. of American uh, government. He's he's likable. He's calm. He doesn't get ruffled. Even when he's annoyed, you feel like he's annoyed in a way that's like, well, you know, he looks really annoyed. You know, he had a fly on his hair. He he didn't even move. I mean, he's just a, a calm, cool adult presence, and he's perfectly matched for Donald Trump. And there's Kamala Harris and she's whining. She's, as you mentioned, she's making faces and she's, she's shifting in her seat and she's jumping up and down and she's, it, it, you know, she tried that move where she said, I'm talking, don't interrupt me. Here's a trick. If you start saying that in debates, you're losing. What you saw him do, Pence do, is just keep talking. Keep talking until you can't really get away with it and then stop. Mm-hmm. Don't say, I'm talking now. But the contrast, as you point out, and I thought there might be a break. You know, usually there's a break happening halfway through where there's a chance to stand up, get a drink of water, and maybe she would have been told, hey, here's where it's going. I, I know, there she was on an island. I I think it was a disaster for her. I, I'm going a little bit further than I think I've heard anybody. I think she got caught on policy. She got caught on being unlikable. Mm-hmm. And I think she really did not help the Biden-Harris cam- uh, can- candidacy tonight. I, I absolutely agree, because as as I was watching her expressions and, and her lose her cool and trying to mask it with the smiles and, and and I thought at one point is she trying to mock is she trying to mimic and impersonate what Joe Biden did what many people thought he did uh, effectively against Paul Ryan and it shouldn't have been effective it was against Paul Ryan because Paul Ryan was an idiot in the debate and was absolutely horrible <laughs> and that's why you know they Romney and Ryan lost as bad as they did um you know but but then I but then I was flashing back to the debates I mean this was a woman who couldn't get past you know uh the initial round of debates in right. she was destroyed right. by Tulsi Gabbard. You would think she would have been better prepared. I, I, I don't. I, but I think that it's like that old saying, no matter where you go, there you are. I think this is a woman who just revealed how absolutely just unlikable she is as a personality. And she got lucky that she she won the primary that she did in 20 um, here it, when Tom DeBacaro was up against her here for Senate. There was there was it was so many people in the running that she managed that it helped her. And I think you're absolutely mm-hmm right it showed who she was she's an incredibly arrogant condescending she and she's the perfect match for for joe biden because what you saw tonight was incredible her how incredibly 
um, disingenuous she is, how inauthentic she is, how their entire campaign, they have nothing to offer except division and hate. And every time, getting back to Pence and his style, every time he looked at her and did the aw shucks, I'm honored to share this stage with you. <laughs> and thank yeah, you for this. Yeah. And thank you for that. I mean, at one point, she it, it was like she was a balloon that was deflated because it's like, how would she? where's uh-huh. she going to go with that? I thought Pence played her brilliantly. I do think he missed a couple of opportunities. But the, the old standing thing, Ed Martin, as you know well, because you've been around politics forever, you've run campaigns, you've been chief of staff. The, the number one goal for vice presidential debates is first do no harm, yes? That's right. Exactly. And and look, I do think one of the things that a lot of us were hoping for, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Steve Cortez, who's, of course, yes. in the Salem Radio Network family. He hosts a show over on, I think, the Chicago Answer, Answer Chicago, although he's on leave now helping the campaign. He's one of the guys. He succeeded me at CNN as the sort of Trump mm-hmm. uh, defender, and he's masterful. But he's also been the one man who has tried so hard to debunk the Charlottesville hoax. And of the many lies that the, the, the Biden campaign has told and the media has aided. One of the worst is the Charlottesville hoax, yes. where the president said, and I, I say it over and over again, and in tribute to Steve Cortez, who's taught me how to say it quickly. The president said about the people who cared about statues, he said, there's fine people on both sides. Then he went one more sentence, and then he said the following, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists. They should be condemned. And Joe Biden literally has based his campaign on that lie. I think Pence poking a hole in that may have been the most important thing we saw tonight because a lot of Americans would have heard that for the first time and now a lot of journalists can't deny it because the vice president said it. So, Or maybe we hope they can. But look, I think you're right. There's a few things the vice president could have done, but I got to say, tip your hat, he was so prepared. Mm -hmm. He weaved in so many facts and she was left talking in platitudes when he was talking in specifics. It was a strong performance. Does it change a lot of votes? I'm not sure. Does it send a message? that President Trump has a solid guy, a solid partner. It sure does. That's a positive thing that echoes uh, after tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what was one of the things that was striking and should be striking to the American people is, first of all, we, we haven't talked about the moderator. I want to get into that a little bit in the next segment. But what should be striking to the American people was Pence came back to it. The the um, page herself. First of all, uh, the um, many questions, and we're gonna like I just said we're gonna talk about the moderator yeah. in the next segment, and then I start talking <laughs> about the moderator. She she put <laughs> forth right. like she did she did something very similar to Chris Wallace. Is she put forth liberal lies in the forms of uh, 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 liberal lies in these questions as though they were fact when their opinion. It, uh, Trump masterfully shut her shut both of them down. He said, "See, this is why." In his calm manner, he said, this is why people don't have trust in media, because you and you referring to both of them alter. How did he put it? You selectively edited the quote and he then he corrected the record. He said what they, what President Trump was talking about was people wanting to tear down statues. He went and corrected it. So in that fell swoop, he not only busted Kamala Harris for her lies and he busted Susan Page, pointed out as moderator the game that she was playing. But then what was incredibly striking was Kamala Harris still repeated that lie in her closing, her closing answer, which had to do with the eighth grader. 
Peter. And and that to me was 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 Pence's finest moment, in in my opinion, because he's posed a question he wasn't expecting from an eighth grader. It was about division. And he talked so beautifully about this country and about the how precious our First Amendment right is and about how we want to the Trump administration is going to have a government working hard for a government that's as good as the people. And it was it was a message of unity. Her. She goes back to the Charlottesville lie and starts attacking Trump. Well, and, and don't trust me, and, and I agree with you on that. That last question, uh, my wife came down uh, to watch. She only watched maybe the last 45 minutes, so about the last half. And she said about that answer, uh, and she said, by contrast, she said Pence's answer was serious. It was thoughtful. It was a kind answer. And it, she said it was, it was a good answer. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and Kamala Harris was in a sort of preachy, you know, she was talking like a politician. You know, again, that's how, that's the best way to say it. She, she was talking in generalizations and kind of this and that. So I think you're right. I think, I thought, look, I think I, I had a friend of mine who's pretty savvy text me and said he, Pence started a little slow, but about mm-hmm. 20 minutes in, he hit a stride and then yeah. he was a pro. I mean, look, he's a pro. He's played big league ball uh, for many, many years. And it showed tonight. Absolutely. And and yeah, about 10 minutes in, I was starting to get frustrated because I felt like he was missing some opportunities. I felt like he was wasting some time um, because they, they were they, it, this was overly controlled, overly produced, very, very tight questions and very, very limited window for them to answer the question and have any time to rebut. And I felt like he was wasting a little too much time with the thank you for the answer and asking permission to respond to something else because he was and, and, and I was getting frustrated but he was taking the temperature. He was trying to, you know, he was checking out. It was kind of, you know, how boxers kind of bounce around. Never could understand as a kid till my dad explained to me how boxers will kind of dance around each other, you know, kind of, you know, check, checking out the competition, the other guy to see, you know, where right. to land a punch. And then he started really landing some blows. Uh, I think we're going to take a break right now. And then uh, Ed and I are going to be back. We've got some great guests coming All up right. later for you. Ed and I, we have so much more to talk about on this debate, <laughs> including the moderator. I want to get Ed's perspective. Yeah. More on this Susan Page gal, who nobody really knew anything about. And uh, we will also take your calls tonight, 888-344-1170. Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. Welcome back to tonight's post-debate analysis. I am Andrea Kay. And and uh, Ed Martin is supposed to be are you there with <laughs> so, me, my friend. I didn't. Know, I I'm here. I didn't know if you want me to jump in yet. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Ed Martin here at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter. And uh, yeah, let's talk about Susan Page though. I, yes. I I've read Susan Page for years. I don't. I didn't expect to see her as the moderator. She's a she's a print journalist for uh, USA Today. She's been working as a journalist for uh, decades, forty years. Um, started out in some of the smaller papers. Ended up in uh, in uh, USA Today as a, their Washington bureau. She'd been there a long time. I have read her for many years. I'd never seen her, I don't think. And I, I thought, as you said, she. One of the interesting things she said: nobody knows about these questions. Nobody knows about what I did, the choices I made. And I wanted to say, after it was all done, I didn't really like it. She kind of was pushy through topics. But since nobody gave her any input, I mean, uh, you know, I it wasn't the worst job I've seen. 
Well, I, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, there's got to be some... In, the, the eighth grader question was the best question of the night. I mean, you know, at one point, at one point she <laughs> yeah. says, well, she's because Pence is trying to rebut. I mean, these are so overly controlled that we had no real debate between the two of them. Any beginnings of interactions was cut off because they don't want Kamala Harris or Joe Biden to be actually have to debate. These aren't debates. These are like uh, mutual, you know, press conferences, you know, kind of like when the president host the, you know, uh, Jacques Chirac or somebody back in the day, and they're standing outside the White House and each is fielding questions. That's not a debate for me. And, you know, uh, I, I never, I, I, I kind of recognized her. Um, but really, I mean, we're talking about the most consequential election of our lifetime, and they're bringing some D-lister. I mean, in Hollywood, she'd be a reality TV star. She, she wouldn't be an A-list, you know, um, star of a movie, you know, to use a Hollywood reference. Yeah. I, what, who, who picked her? What are the qualifications for this? And the next presidential debate is some schmuck who I'd never heard of either who used to work for Joe Biden. I mean, it's ridiculous. Here's a couple of the way that, uh, you know, and the questions were so um, she asked one question to Kamala Harris in the case of Breonna Taylor was justice delivered. I mean, it yeah. was like, come on, a slow ball pitch to her. But then but when it comes to coronavirus, it's coronavirus is not under control. I mean, that is a that is a narrative and opinion push forth as fact. And if I was if I was vice president Pence, I might have said, you know, you phrased your question in the form of a fact that is really subjective and it's opinion based on what on on what qualifications on what quantitative measure are you saying that coronavirus is not under control? Well, and look, I mean, it's almost so when you pull back, you say, what did she cover and what did she miss? We had a question on climate change. We had a question on white supremacy. We had a question on Breonna Taylor. I guess maybe those overlapped. Um, I, you know, where was a question on immigration? The only reason we got to a discussion of China was because uh, a Pence dragged it in and then and then uh, Kamala Harris took the bait and kind of responded and it dragged on a bit. So, you know, in terms of the choices, it was, you know, again, climate change. Really? I, th- I thought Pence, by the way, handled that masterfully in both yeah. The questions, both of the ways he answered and his, he had almost two answers, I think, in that. I thought he handled it great. Um, but, um, you know, the, the, as you say, a full answer on coronavirus that everything was out of control. Coronavirus is out of control. Again, uh, I would have liked to seen a discussion of immigration. I would have liked to seen, and I wish that Pence, you know, he, partly Pence is a little bit compromised because he was in the swamp too. But a conversation about the swamp, you know, if you could pull, if Pence could pull towards, uh, again, the answer, you don't answer the question you get. Just answer what you want to say. Um, what is it that makes people like Biden and Kamala Harris serve in public life for 30, 40 years and be multimillionaires? Yeah. Right. How does this work out? And something like that about draining the swamp. But, uh, you know, again, the better. Also, the ones where he got her. Uh, he, Pence took Susan Page's questions and turned them on Kamala Harris. Like, tell me if you're going to pack the cord. She yeah. wouldn't answer the question. Tell me again. Are you going to pack the court? And then Kamala Harris says, we won't cut taxes on anyone but the wealthiest. He said, wait a second. You said you'd repeal the Trump tax cuts. That raises taxes on almost everybody. So those were good moments for him. And I think he yeah. did well to stay disciplined like that. Oh, absolutely. I loved how he handled her on, on the packing the court. She, she Let me give you in her incredibly condescending, arrogant, patronizing manner. Let me give you a history lesson. And she starts talking about Abraham Lincoln. And I'm sitting there going... Uh, woman, please, what's that got to do with packing the court? So then she, and she's so proud of herself, you know, thinking that she had educated. And then he's like, oh, um, oh, um, can you, can you answer the question, please? And, and it's like, <laughs> right. what you got, what does that got to do with it? Then she goes, well, I'm, uh, yes, let's please have a discussion about packing the court. Uh, how many black, 
uh, nominees has President Trump put forward? And it's just it was at that point, it was absurd. And that's when Pence looks at the camera and said, America, uh, she they they have she hasn't answered the question. They're refusing to answer the question. Let me answer it for you. They're going to pack the court. Okay, I thought he handled that absolutely masterfully. She looked like a complete idiot with her word salad there. Um, You know, I I think overall, uh, clearly, Paige wasn't just just to wrap up with her. I don't think she she didn't Chris Wallace the debate. Um, No, no, that's right. She was was better than Chris Wallace. She was, but it was still, (laughs) but but it was still not. I I mean, there was times where I thought I've heard Shakespearean monologues uh, shorter than Kamala Harris's answer. At one point, I tweeted out, you know, is somebody checking the time here? Because this her answer is way longer than two minutes. I don't know who was checking the time on this, but then you know, uh, she's interrupting Pence, who I thought just did a good job of just continuing to talk. I, I felt like where he missed some opportunities when she pivoted. Uh, smartly pivoted away. The question had to do with health transparency, and she pivoted off of Biden's health into transparency about taxes. And I think I that was the area, one of the areas that I felt that Mike Pence really missed an opportunity. I think he could have said, "Nice try and pivoting on the taxes." Uh, you want you want to pivot off of Joe Biden's obvious the obvious concerns that we have for Joe Biden's. Uh, you know, cognitive issues that we've seen on the campaign trail. Okay, well, then, yeah, let's talk about money and let's talk about personal finances and how Joe Biden's lined the pockets of his family for eight years traveling around in Air Force Two. I felt like he, 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 but overall, I mean, if you can only point to one or two, I mean, you know, debates, you know, if you can yeah. only point to one or two areas to where your guy missed an opportunity in an hour and a half, I think it was a winner. Yeah, I and uh, that question about um, health um, of the president, you know, which was a way to try to put Trump on the spot. I I would have prefer- I would have liked to seen Pence uh, be more aggressive and say, you know, it may be that Joe Biden has released some of his records, but everybody that sees him says he's really got some issues. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you being forthcoming or something that would really yeah. light the fuse? But you know, it, in my mind, that's in my head feels like a good idea. Maybe that's kind of a cheap shot. Everybody knows it anyway, so just yeah. leave it a go and. and go on to the next thing but again um mostly good i'm looking at uh, i'm looking at uh twitter you know and, and checking out some of the responses and of course ann coulter is all fired up that uh, immigration wasn't addressed again and mm-hmm. that uh come out kamala harris when uh when mike pence is describing that she was a tough on crime prosecutor putting away bad guys i think the trump campaign thinks that helps with african-american voters i think a lot of people like tough prosecutors that's why they end up running for higher office so i'm not sure that works as well as they think i agree um we're gonna take a break we come back we're gonna keep rolling on tonight's post-debate analysis here we're gonna have tom debacaro from political vanguard author of the divided era and former competitor to kamala harris so stay tuned ed martin and i will be back Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. 
Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on The Answer San Diego with the great Andrea Kay. And we're breaking down the debate, debate, the vice presidential debate. MSNBC, Andrea, declared the debate a tie, which means, obviously, you have to just adjust for MSNBC's uh, sliding scale. That means that uh, that uh, Mike Pence wiped the floor with Kamala Harris. They're going with a tie. Because if it was anything other than a, a, a whooping, then they'd have to say she won. So there you have that. Well, listen, the one man in America that was watching tonight that could have said, I know what this feels like, I think. Maybe there's a couple other men. I don't know. Oh, (laughs) keep a G, child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, Is Tom Del Del Beccaro, who is, of course, an attorney. He's an author. Uh, The book is called The Divided Divided Era. Former chairman of the California GOP, which I did a stint as the uh, Missouri GOP chairman. And that's a job, a great job, if after about a year or two, you want to have two-thirds of the people in the party hate you because you have to make a decision. (laughs) Half the time, people... And when you make any decision... Half the people are mad, the other half are happy, and then you keep making decisions, you, you, start, you carve it up. By the time you're done, you got two friends, and hopefully did the right thing. But uh, also, his website is politicalvanguard.com, but he stood on the stage with Kamala Harris and debated her. So, Tom, welcome to the program. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. Great to be on. And you were way off. I had three friends at the end, not two. You had three friends. Okay, good. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's uh, it is. It's 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 there. You know, the average tenure of a chairman of a, a Republican party, a state party, is something crazy like seven months. And, and I mean, not all of them kill themselves, but a bunch of them do, unfortunately. But listen, Tom, when Tom, when you were watching that debate, other than uh, more expensive suits and a little bit of face work, I think we know that Kamala Harris had in the last few months. What what did what was the same and what was different from when you were with her? I mean, Andrew and I were talking earlier about seeing her, you know, her making faces and sort of being, you know, kind of expressive in a way that didn't really feel, it kind of felt smarmy to us. But how did you watch that debate tonight? What did you think of it? Well, she's exactly who she is. I agree with you. The the nature of her expressions were too much. It, it, it betrays uh-huh. who she is. She was calm tonight. She, she can be less than calm. But at the end of the day, she's an accuser. And she doesn't have policy within herself. She can't really talk policy. All she can do, I mean, the number of lies she told tonight was just staggering. But, and maybe they'll start pointing them out. But even I USA, it. It, what's interesting is that Susan Page was great at asking leading qu- Democrat questions and not any leading Republican questions, but one. She... So she gets away with saying these things, and Vice President uh, Pence would tilt his head and sort of shake it, which is the way you got to do it. But I saw her for who she is. Doesn't answer questions. I'm not saying Trump, I mean, Pence answered every question. But I saw her for who she is. She doesn't answer questions. She's accusatory, and she makes stuff up. And by the way, I was waiting for her to say that Joe Biden saved the Internet I know Al Gore created it, <laughs> but he saved the auto industry. He saved healthcare. He's he's unbelievable. Barack Obama didn't exist. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Go, go ahead, Andrew. Sorry, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that um, uh, uh, some of the people I, I'm watching Twitter as, as you guys are talking, and um, mm-hmm. one of the things I, I just struck out at me is that uh, China censored Pence's comments 
on China. So the, they returned the signal uh, when Harris began talking again. I felt like uh, mm. uh, I felt like that China was the area of missed opportunity uh, for Mike Pence. But overall, I felt like he just uh, he, he had some knockout blows of Kamala Harris, uh, Tom DeBacaro, like you did. I watched your debate against her and I actually thought you did a better. You know, it, it wasn't the same. It wasn't a vice presidential debate. Um, but I felt like a knockout blow to her was that she never answered the question about packing the court. Never answered the question. Also, I thought it was a knockout blow to her about the Charlottesville lie. Also, I thought it was another knockout blow uh, to her about the foreign policy. But with the China stuff, that's, you know, he he did. He should have gone there about Joe Biden and the family money. Um, Your thoughts? Yeah, I I do think there was some missed opportunities. Debating can be hard and you can't get it. He needed to get a lot in. But, uh, you know, there's things I would have wanted him to do. But, he, you know, he got in her the most liberal. He got in her on fracking. He got on her saying that she would end um, pri- uh, private health care. There's a lot of things he got in. But I agree with you. The, the shining moment, in a very calm way, kept asking and asking. And with the, uh, Biden-Harris, you have to elect him before you get to know what they're going to do. Yes. Other than raise tax- uh-huh. taxes. And she lied about raising taxes. She, you know, she lied on and on. But, um, yeah, there's some missed opportunities, uh, you know, some within the margin of error, other things I would have liked have gone on. But at the end of the day, no logical person can sit there and go, oh, she's ready to be president more than him. That's just not possible. Having said all that, she did everything she wanted for her base, except for I the agree issue of yep. frack, um, fracking. Because yeah. they did promise an end to fracking. And she shook her head on a lot of the energy questions. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that's going to play among Democrats who are on the left, the AOCs, because they were outright promised these things. Does that reduce their vote? I'm not sure. Well, and Tom, Tom, let me ask you, we're talking with Tom Delbacaro, um, and his, again, his website is politicalvanguard.com. Lots of good links there and uh, and find out more about him and, and read his stuff. Um, you know, listening to that, I agree with you on the, you know, she talked to her base. She checked the boxes. She, you know, she and she I think she was I think she accomplished what she needed to. Right. She didn't get angry. She may have looked to me and Andrea and maybe you looked kind of smarmy making faces, but it probably wasn't, you know, beyond, you know, we're coming at this with a little bit of sort of bias on it. But I think she checked all the boxes. The question is, um, did she, you know, enhance the ticket? Did she strengthen it? Did people say, OK, I'm now confident and comfortable? I'm not sure she added much, but I don't see a big uh, sort of uh, losing moment takeaway. I think they kind of, as someone said earlier, Andrew might have said it, you know, do no harm. I don't think she did any major harm. Do you? Well, I, I, I don't know. I agree with you that there was no, you know, she wasn't like Gerald Ford freeing, freeing Eastern Europe during yeah. the debate. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the question becomes whether this issue of fracking has real legs for them. But I do think among independents, they're not allowed to say, oh, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do with the Supreme Court. It's not like she's saying, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do with the size of billboards in metropolitan areas. The Supreme Court's a big issue. And by 70 percent, people are against the the stacking of it. And so hiding that ball, I, I, I just don't think it I think it plays 
terribly. Having said all that, I don't, I don't really think she gained much. Um, I, but I, on the other hand, I don't think Pence ran away with it in such a way that independents are just yeah. going to go in force. Right. But I could be wrong because, you know, MSNBC said it was a tie. Yeah. And that, uh-huh. that yeah. means he won by, by a touchdown at least. Exactly. Well, I want to read you all a tweet from our man uh, from Salem Media, Hugh Hewitt. He said the best answer by, v, by VP thus far is his sharp focus. And, uh, and this was mid-debate that Hugh Hewitt said it was his best answer so far. He said it was his sharp focus on Biden-Harris intention to end fracking and fossil fuels. That's the Pennsylvania question and the Keystone State voters are listening closely. So that was a very targeted, strategic uh, line of attack. So um, that might be a really smart move. We don't live, I don't live in Pennsylvania, so I wasn't really thinking uh, about oh, that, but I think it was very strategic. It's one well, of the and you could, you could, Democrats, yeah. Oh, so it's yeah. one of the reasons Democrats Keep have going. lost 90,000 voter registration in Pennsylvania and Republicans have picked up 70 because that's an energy right. state mm-hmm. and it's a huge mistake. Uh, for them, it's not, you know, they're being honest about their socialism and, and voters aren't having it. I thank you guys for having me on tonight. Well, thank you for being here, Tom Dell, author of The Divided uh, Error, politicalvanguard.com. Tom, y'all can, and you, uh, can watch Tom. He's pretty much all over everywhere all the time now, uh, given his expertise. So we thank you for being here. Um, I, I tweeted out um, at 37 minutes into the debate Ed Martin, that we were 37 minutes in and there was not one question over the breaking news that uh, Ratcliffe had uh, revealed John Brennan's handwritten notes that Hillary Clinton sought to vilify President Trump by lying and smearing that he was a part of the, uh, you know, colluding with Russia and that those handwritten notes referenced a meeting with Barack Obama. I cannot, getting back to Susan Page as a moderator, you you cannot, you cannot um, propagate yourself as a journalist and be 37 minutes into a vice presidential debate and not raise that. Yeah, I, look, I think this is a great betrayal right now. This is the great indicator of how broken the media is, how bad the fake news is. I mean, this was this is now a confirmed coup, attempted coup of the United States. Uh, and, I, and it took it didn't even ever get a question. Nope. It was Vice President sh- shoehorning it into his answer about the election. Uh, would you accept the election results? He said, well, you guys didn't even accept it, you know, and, and he explained how they didn't. Look, I, I think that attempted coup. And, and here's another one. Uh, actually, let me think of what station. I think I might have either been on Newsmax or it could have been CBS is uh, streaming the the news. They have a a 24-hour news one. But one of the commentators said, Mike Pence may tonight ask Kamala Harris, will she and Biden commit to not hiring any of the people who were involved in the attempted coup? Now, I thought that was a stupid line. I didn't think it would happen. It's too convoluted to ask in a debate. But it's interesting, right? Mm -hmm. The same people who committed the coup, Susan Rice, Joe Biden, they were all in the room and they're running to take back over control of the apparatus i mean you know you talk about an insurance plan you know the insurance plan is win the election again so you can cover up all the stuff so i agree with you that was left out um you know and and i think pence did a good enough job but back to susan page and and usa today and all the other media it, it's worse than benedict arnold it's worse than watergate it's worse than any of the uh, uh the russian so, uh, spies in the 1950s and 60s this was an active coup by the highest level of intelligence officials 
and nobody's talking about it. No, there's not a soul. You know, the, even Fox News covers it only moderately. So I, I, you know, I think that is a huge problem uh, that our nation is being headed. Uh, we're being pushed towards an election by a dishonest media that's that's shaping our view of reality and and might well steal the election for Joe Biden to cover up the coup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, President Trump tweeted out before the d- debate tonight that, you know, about referencing the this latest uh, revelations and about uh, Barack Obama being briefed by John Brennan. He's like, how how is this man even Joe Biden even able to run for president? And that's a very valid yeah. question. He should. It, it, how, uh, so, and, and that goes back to Bill Barr. But uh, we don't, we're, we're past the point of a break. We're going to take a break and we come back. Ed Martin and I will return. And we've got our friend Jen Kearns, who will be here, who's a GOP strategist, former debate writer herself, radio talk show host and just all around great all-American gal. So stay tuned. More post-debate coverage on its way. Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. Welcome back to The Answer San Diego's post-debate coverage of tonight's VP versus the wannabe debate. I am joined here with my buddy, Ed Martin. Hey, Ed. Hey, come on now. Come on. Just watching, you know, uh, Rand Paul just <laughs> tweeted that the uh, the deep state is out of control. They planted a bug on the VP during the debate. You see that big fly and uh, and surveillance. Yes. Yeah, so I love it. That Didn't fly. even was, move or uh, flinch. You know, no, no that, well, that... he's not his hair. He, he's got a hair helmet. He's got a hair helmet it was installed, you know, 24 years ago by whoever installs them. I mean, it was amazing. But that 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 fly was only there for about half a second before it dropped dead because <laughs> <laughs> because right. even right. even Mike Pence's hair has that amazing military bearing. Okay, so and I felt like I felt like he could have maybe hit a little bit harder in the pushback against Kamala Harris for trotting out another lie that President Trump called the military losers and suckers. But he was so heartfelt in that moment. Even mentioned that his kid is is serving in the military. Yep. That you know, I mean, you know, it, it, there I started. There is the old saying that no flies landed on him, but we had one fly land on him. And and, but it flew right off. So anyway, um, the woman who knows all about trying to get flies on people and I'm trying to segue Jen Kearns into your being a former debate writer. But the hour is late. It's even later for you because you're um, on the East Coast. And so, of course, you guys know I'm talking about my friend Jen Kearns. She is uh, follow her on Twitter at All American Jen. She's got her radio show, All American Radio. She's a former debate writer and she joins me and Ed Martin now. Hello, Jen Kearns. Hey Andrea, hey Ed. Oh, your thoughts on this debate tonight? Your your what are your top 2 takeaways? Well, number 1, I loved it and number 2, it was the most boring debate in <laughs> presidential and vice presidential <laughs> history, which is actually a great thing for President really? Trump because when you are an incumbent, you do not want any surprises, especially to President Trump, the uh, week he has had the last six days being under the COVID crisis himself. Um, Also, when you work for Donald Trump and uh, Mike Pence is the number two man in charge, uh, there was a book out years ago. 
was called the 48 Laws of Power. The number one rule was don't outshine the boss. And so Mike Pence uh-huh. does know his place extraordinarily well, and he, he delivered tonight. Um, but I will say this. The debate, I believe, was actually won weeks ago when the Trump campaign team actually negotiated the rules of the debate to have them seated. There's one thing I know about Kamala Harris having lived and worked in California politics for 15 years. I went up against her on many uh, races, including Prop 8, the the Mm -hmm. fight over marriage, which went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. I've been at her press conferences. I've tracked her for years um she gets energy when she's up and walking around she has that like and this is not a racial statement but she has that oprah winfrey energy where she loves Mm -hmm. to get out from behind the podium and walk around and kind of gesticulate uh the trump team was very smart to keep her sitting down at a desk she was very low energy tonight and the camera zooming in sometimes it's not what you say it's what your facial expressions say she was very snarky and I can tell she has not won an election and really had to fight on her ideas. She's She's been a, a creature of the California swamp, uh, which is the far left radicals of the Democratic Party. You could tell it's been a while since she's actually had to sit and suffer through someone else's ideas. That really showed tonight. And I think it really hurt uh, the Biden-Harris campaign. By the way, Jen, over on Twitter, uh, George Stephanopoulos has taken to explaining this, uh, the failure of Kamala Harris, which at this point I mentioned MSNBC called it a draw, which means obviously <laughs> Mike Pence won. But Stephanopoulos just said on uh, and he said a lot of people were noticing some mansplaining going on. Oh, tonight. no. So oh. I guess I, I guess the, they're going to sprint to that point. They're going to say he was talking down to uh, the woman with mansplaining. I think that's what it means. I may be mansplaining as I tell two women this thing. But again, I, here's the question. Uh, Jen, you watch this and you say to yourself, then you, you pull back and say, OK, 27 days before the election, uh, the base is not moving. Right. At this point, the base is where it is in terms of both parties. Who's moving? And did anybody move tonight? Right. Or I, I'm kind of with you. I, I kind of I've told people that Donald Trump has two running mates for the next 27 days. Uh, Mike Pence, who is the golden retriever of American politics. And everybody knows it, feels it. Even if you don't like dogs, you don't dislike a golden retriever. It's just kind of impossible. And then. <laughs> And Amy Coney Barrett, this classy, bright woman who's going to be featured as they try to battle it out. And that helps him look solid. But does it are independents moving? I mean, do you did you see anything tonight that was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to people are going to start breaking away or towards a candidate? You know, I, I did, and it was in the body language. Again, sometimes it's not what you say or don't say. It's it's the facial expression. I think that women voters especially, you know, we tend to be harder on women candidates. Mm-hmm. We're very critical. Um, and uh, I think a lot of women were looking at Kamala Harris today, and it wasn't that Oprah-fied Kamala Harris that we've seen before where she's laughing and she's having fun and she's on the morning show with Charlemagne talking about getting high and all this stuff. It was very bitter. I think her face looked very bitter. Um, I think she was snarky. She she couldn't believe that Mike Pence was even getting time to talk. Um, and this is the reason they have kept Kamala Harris away from the media on the campaign trail. Um, she does have up days. She does have down days. Some days she comes off as that fun character. Uh, but then there are other days where I think this is her true spirit actually comes out. And I think American people got to see that tonight in the facial expressions. Mm-hmm. It was more 
what she didn't say. Um, one other point, Ed, I, I think she was far too liberal when they started talking about law and order. This is the number one or number two issue, depending on the poll. Gallup poll came out today. It was a top three issue. Law and order. She said she was proud of what she did in the state of California on law and order. Um, and she said, in fact, we should do for the nation what we did in the state of California. Well, if that's true, if that's true, then you wouldn't charge a person for ever committing illegal immigration. Uh, you wouldn't put people away for low level uh, felonies. Um, you, you, uh, the list goes on and on and on. A terrible record to be running on and to suggest that you would turn the nation into California. That's not going to play well with those swing suburban mom voters who are very, very concerned about law and order right now. Well, and, and let me just say one thing, Jen. I, I agree with you. The two places that you can see that the Biden campaign knew the problem, one is on fracking. They desperately tried to deny that they wanted to ban it because they know they can't hold that position and, and win in Pennsylvania. And Pence just kept pounding that point. The other one, though, I think you're right. She tried to say she was for law and order and then swallowed her her uh, her description of what it was. Pence helped her by saying you were the one that threw everybody in jail. I, I'm not sure there's not a bunch of people in America that say I'm happy to have you know, we elect our prosecutors to become U.S. senators and to become governors a lot because people think the prosecutors doing the right thing. And by the way, the polling shows so do African-Americans and Hispanics and low income. They want law and order, too. So I think you're right on that. Um, and I'm not sure that they got her uh, her record out there as much as they could in terms of the liberal positions on law and order. Yeah, I do agree with you. I would have liked for Pence to have hit her on some of those things. I would have brought up more that she's the most radical liberal member of the U.S. Senate, even more liberal than Bernie Sanders. I would have pushed that hard. Uh, I would have also brought up, uh, too, Ed, that she was the most vindictive prosecutor mm -hmm. uh, Attorney General California has ever seen. Uh, she went after David DeLayden for those uncovered videos yeah. of Planned Parenthood, yeah. uh, of them allegedly discussing selling those body parts, doing a, a sort of a Roger Stone dark of night raid on a filmmaker. Uh, so she doesn't have a lot of respect for the First Amendment. Uh, and, and and even ask her ex-boyfriend, Willie Brown. He, he has a, a famous piece in the San Francisco Chronicle where he talks about how vindictive she actually was. Uh, she used him uh, to get her first two appointments to commissions, uh, which gave her the platform then to run for DA in San Francisco. He says that she wouldn't have been that without him. Maybe that's a little mansplaining. But uh, the key point is uh, he, he tells the story in the San Francisco Chronicle that when she became D.A. in San Francisco, she placed a call to him. And she said, if you so much as jaywalk in this town, I'll have you arrested. Mm -hmm. And and I think we've seen what it's like to have a VP, i.e. Biden, meeting in the Oval Office the day after the election, coming up with some sort of revenge plot against the president. We don't need any more VPs like that. We had it with Joe Biden. He got us into the Russian collusion system situation and having a vindictive VP like Kamala Harris it would just be terrible, terrible for America. But isn't vindictive, vindictiveness uh, the core part, uh, a core tenet or, or a key element of this movement on the part of the left where I felt that uh, she would just be continu a continuation of the vindictiveness of the left? It was Valerie Jarrett who said we've got an enemies list and we're going to go after it. And I think that uh, where I feel like by, uh, Mike Pence missed an opportunity was to highlight the key difference and the choice in this election at one point early on in the debate he said that it's about when she talked about taxes he you know he said it's about uh america it, it was kind of a squishy answer i can't even really recall it and what he really needed to highlight 
was that he talked he did I loved his talking about the riots and he, he was sympathetic towards Breonna Taylor then he pivoted to the riots and all of that but what he didn't do then was pick it up at the tail end of that and talk about which 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 is a vindictive movement you look at this Black Lives Matter movement this Marxist movement this critical race theory it's all about vindictiveness it's all about victimhood and anger and what you saw on display tonight from her was was symbolic of all of it and I felt like Mike Pence really missed an opportunity to educate the American people that what this Black Lives Matter movement about he talking about Trump not not a disavowing the white supremacist movement they not only have not disavowed the Marxist movement that is Black Lives Matter that is Antifa they have embraced it and is about what their entire that's why they won't tell you about packing the courts because their entire movement the Democrat Party is Marxist I want to read you guys uh, an email that I got about the debate tonight. He said, I had to cover one half of the TV screen with paper so that I could concentrate on what Pence was saying. Her facial body language was so disturbing it made me angry. She did the same thing on one interview I saw last week, Reg. And then he puts in parentheses, I was a lefty liberal who is now going to vote for Trump. I decided this after the Russian hoax. I think her facial expressions alone, Jen Kearns, might have because Ed was asking earlier, was anybody swayed? I think they were tonight and I think it was towards the Trump campaign. Yeah. And again, it just shows you how important those nonverbal cues are. The body language is so important. I've seen it at focus grouping hundreds of Californians and hundreds of Americans uh, over the last 15 years. People pick up on the body language, especially the female swing voter. They're looking for every single clue. I mean, uh, I sort of joke about the swing voter being that that guy at Starbucks who can't decide what he really wants to order once he gets up to the counter. That kind of is the swing voter in the last 25 days of election. But this is the point. They're hanging on every word. They're hanging on every nonverbal cue. I want to go back to what Ed said. One area that I think uh, Pence got her was uh, on her base because he did talk about those low-level offenses, the 1,900 people she incarcerated and arrested uh, for marijuana offenses. If you talk to any Bernie Sanders supporter, they hate her for that because that's the if-it-feels-good-do-it crowd. It's the pro-drug crowd. I think the fact that Pence kind of poked her on that does actually say, hmm, it reminds her base of why they don't like her. It reminds the Bernie Sanders folks of why they hated the day that Biden picked her as the VP candidate. So, uh, again, they're going after a little bit of her base, and then they're also, I think, appealing to the swing voter, female voters, and, and those facial expressions. Woof. Uh, there was a producer long time ago at Fox News that was Megyn Kelly's producer, and he had a, a verbal cue he would do to Megyn in her earpiece whenever she got too harsh and whenever she needed to watch her facial expressions. And it wasn't even a word. He would just go, woof. Uh. And she would kind of perk up and lighten <laughs> yeah. up. And, and boy, someone needed to be in Kamala Harris's ear tonight saying, perk up, honey, because yeah. the America's watching. Absolutely. I want to read a tweet because you were right to mention David Daleiden. Uh He said, I really felt the, the videographer who was targeted by Kamala Harris, she didn't go after Planned Parenthood for selling off baby parts and chopping up babies. No, she went after David Daleiden for uh, videotaping it. And he tweeted tonight, I really felt how much at Kamala Harris values great investigative journalism when her 11 armed California DOJ agents were traipsing through my apartment, seizing my undercover footage, but ignoring high dollar invoices for fetal body parts parts um wow 
So yeah. that- it's chilling. And look, this this cuts against what Joe Biden's key line of his TV ads are right now. And his key line of his campaign stump speech is that he would be a president for every American. Doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican. Well, that's not how Kamala Harris operated as attorney general. In fact, after we beat her at the ballot box and, and passed Prop 8 into law saying marriages between one man and one woman, uh, who I think, by the way, Ed, your your mentor, Phyllis, uh, fought for many yeah. years ago, and then we had to refight yep. it again, relitigate that at the ballot box. But but we won. Do you know when that issue then went to the Supreme Court? It is the sole responsibility of the Attorney General of California. No matter what your politics is, you have to go to the U.S. Supreme Court and defend it because it is law. Kamala Harris was the first Attorney General in in California history to not go and defend a a what was a ballot measure that became law at the U.S. Supreme Court. And therefore, it failed. And that that's what opened the floodgate to gay marriage all across the country. Look, I know the positions on gay marriage has changed for a lot of people, but that was a critical moment in history when when she did not represent every Californian, regardless of how they voted and regardless of Republican or Democrat. And that cuts against Joe Biden's line, because Kamala Harris doesn't like you if you're a conservative. She doesn't like you if you're a Republican and she won't go do her duty to defend you. And, and that that's in direct contradiction to what Joe Biden's out there saying he's a decent guy on well it also goes it also goes to rule of law and also goes to the supreme court and the and the the, and the respect of the rule of law and the use of our court system uh to push their their agenda jen kearns thank you so much for being here tell everybody how they can hear your show and read your stuff and and uh, get more jen kearns when they want it they can go to allamericanradio.com. Thank you, guys. All righty. You know, Ed. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, Ed, Yo. when we come back, um, you know, I, I want to get your thoughts on Kamala Harris saying that if Joe Biden wins, he will be the second uh, Catholic. He'll be the most Catholicly, yeah. most Catholicly Catholic guy ever <laughs> when he wins the presidency. And I know you might have some thoughts on that when we come back. So stay tuned for more post-debate analysis with Andrea K. and Ed Martin. Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here with Andrea Kay. We're breaking down the vice presidential debate and watching uh, over on Twitter, on Facebook. Follow Andrea and I both uh, wherever you, uh, whichever uh, social media you're on. And folks are really reacting. I I just saw... um, uh, someone said, I think CNN is trying to explain it all as mansplaining. And Jake Tapper <laughs> is trying to spin things. It looks like uh, Mike Pence kind of won the debate. And uh, But again, Andrea, you know, uh, listening to Jen a few moments ago, an analysis uh, as we're breaking this down. Um, I just saw Ann Coulter tweeted, you know, Kamala seems snotty tonight. You know, this mm-hmm. is a typical Coulter language. But um, if you turn off the sound... And just watch, which is, you know, some high percentage, 70 percent of what you get is not what people say. It's how they look and how they what you what you see in them. I think that's right. I think Pence looked like he looked the part. He even when he was saying, well, that's wrong. He was very even. And Kamala was sort of forced and uncomfortable and a little herky jerky and all that. Mm -hmm. But again, I just go back to this, Andrea. Um, If you came in thinking Trump Pence was great, you left fortified. If you came in thinking Biden, uh, Kamala, you know, was the most important thing, you you didn't see your mind change. I just don't know whose mind has changed at this point. Do you? Uh, well, um, I think that they're. I, I 
think that the number of undecideds are much smaller this year than ever in the past. But I do think that there's some people undecided. I do think that there are Americans out there that if you understand how the media has been not only lying about President Trump, but also, you know, there's um, lies of commission and lies of omission. It's what they don't report as well as what they do report that matters. And on top of the fact that a lot of Americans aren't really don't start engaging until now, there are still some undecideds. We just had we you know, we just had an email from somebody that, you know, switched to support, you know, Trump. Um, I I think that these debates do matter. I think this vice presidential debate mattered tonight in part because if you are paying attention, you have to know that it will be if Biden were to win, it will be a Kamala Harris presidency. And I think those that were interested in learning more about her that didn't watch the the presidential debates in the primaries for the Democrats saw her tonight and saw her act like that. The contrast. See, here's what one thing that I think the reason why it matters, the contrast between tonight and the last presidential debate, people were expecting it to be Vice President Pence, you know, um, to to it to be another bad night for the Trump campaign. And instead, it was a bad night for Kamala Harris. And I do think that there's there's people that were persuaded. We got a caller on the line. We'll see what he has to say about it. Al from Lemon Grove. Hey, Al, welcome. Welcome to the show. Hi there, people. Uh, listen, uh, the the that the, the Democrat side has this this problem of of uh, using blacks all the time to uh, to 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 use the, the the Jesse Jackson argument of uh, using circumstance to their advantage. They create the problem like the fleeing criminals, and then blame you for the consequences. Yes, she said that that y- y- you didn't appoint any any blacks to to your uh to your uh, court uh only five percent of of blacks are voting uh republican so where are the pickings dear lady well, not not only that, but I, I, as soon as you said that about um, their you they use of course identity politics is the way that they divide and the way that sure. they cobble together you know their coalitions uh, and and yeah, it's, but it, Republicans never have an answer for it they just gloss over it like oh well really we we don't have many <laughs> there aren't any that's why well I, well I mean. <sighs> Uh, that's a good point, um, but I think in the, the that mo- that part of the debate tonight, it was really about. I think Pence did the right thing to not take the bait and go there to because she, she was trying yeah. to play the race card, trying to get to, to shift the argument to identity politics away from the fact that she and Joe Biden do not want to admit that they want to pack the court. So Mike Pence did a brilliant job uh, in keeping on point and and reminding the American people and pointing out her, her word salads are a bunch of crap. Color skin color is crap. They don't want to admit that they want to pack the courts. But I'm glad you brought up the thing about color, because right now, if you're Joe Biden, you're sitting back going, I had to pick a woman of color. And he was the one who had few options of anybody good that was a woman of color. And it backfired on him tonight because the only reason why that woman was sitting there was because of her skin color. And oh, by the way, she's not even African-American. She's part Indian and part Jamaican. So I think Joe Biden's the one who's sitting back going, gee, the pickings were slim. It was either her or Stacey Adams. And huh, maybe I should have not gone the identity politics route and put the best person for the job uh, up your thoughts ed martin 
Well, I, I, look, I think one of the things that you, you have to sl- we have to slow down and look at these debates. They're not really debates, right? This isn't, uh, you know, junior high or high school debates where you're going to have actual back and forth. You're playing within a certain set of, of sort of rules and it's for the TV and all. And one of the rules is, uh, as you use the phrase, you can't take the bait. So if someone says, oh, you guys don't po- appoint enough African-Americans, if you take that and start to say, well, look at Ben Carson and look at the deputy director of this and look at the this and look at that, you're into something where you can't stop and you can never prove enough to the people on that side. So I, I completely agree. And Trump did this last week. They, they Anything they attacked him on, he didn't even respond. He just attacked something else on Biden. And I think Pence learned that. And, and to your point, it was I think it was pretty masterful. You don't appoint black judges. He says you want to, you want to uh, pack the court. And the people that care about do you appoint black judges are really the base of one party. They're not mm-hmm. really a broad cross-section of America. But the people who care about court packing, that's more that's broader. So I think that was good. By the way, one thing I'm watching, uh, uh, Andrea, on Twitter, Mm -hmm. there are reports which I can't confirm yet of China in China where people watching the debate, Pence talking about China was blocked and they went to, a, you know, back to the debate to, with Kamala Harris. I'm not sure of that yet. It was striking the one line when uh, Kamala Harris said, you got this trade war with China and Joe Biden or something. And then Pence said, well, you fought the trade, you know, trade war with China. Joe Biden never even fought a war for, you know, fought yeah. for against China. And I think, again, that that was a good contrast. Remember, you go look at the polling right now. In, in 2016, most Americans didn't trust China. But in 2020, most Americans really dislike China. It's a very different energy against China. And I think that's uh, something that you th- that, that Trump can exploit if he continues mm-hmm. to get sort of non-answers from Harris and Biden as to their opposition. They wouldn't say a word against China in the debate today. I mean, they really didn't say anything. No, I, I, but, I'm glad you brought up that one that one liner. Mike Pence had the one liners of the night. He had the he had the quotable quotables from the uh, she said, you lost the war on on China. And he said, well, Joe Biden never fought it. Another great line was when right. she said, will you let me talk? And he said, well, it would help if you spoke the truth. So, you know, he right. he had the best one liners, the best bumper stickers of the night. Did you have anything else you wanted to say, yeah. Al, before, yeah, let, let 30 seconds? this final summary here. Yes. This problem comes up over and over again with many faces, just like I pointed out where these black criminals are fleeing and then they blame the cops for their reaction. And it's the same thing with with the, the Jesse Jackson argument of there aren't any blacks on your uh, in your choice. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you're only joining us in 5% numbers. It's your problem. It's not our problem. And, and the Republicans are always embarrassed, too embarrassed because of the past history to, to point out that this is your problem. It's not our problem. Well, I think that President Trump has addressed it by not using those words, but by basically saying... Yeah, but he has to use those words, and he has to draw the parallel between the fleeing black criminal and this thing about there aren't any blacks on your court. It's all the same problem. They create the problem, and then they blame you for it, and you're supposed to accept the blame. Well, he has talked about how they create the problem, and then they blame the Republicans for it, promise they have a solution when they really don't have a solution because they want the problem 
problem they can campaign on, which has really been the game for 47 years. He's just never phrased it in the terms of we don't have any black people to nominate on the court because you won't join us and that's your problem. And and I'm going to be straight with you, Al. I think you're brilliant. I don't really know that that's the best way for President Trump to phrase it. I think the way that he phrased it in 2016, and Ed Martin can tell me if he thinks I'm I'm right or wrong um, after we come back from a break, by the way. we got to get to a break. Um, I think when President Trump said, hey, hey, uh, my black friends and my African-American friends and, and, and neighbors, we love you. How about you give us a chance? Because the Democrat Party has been using you for decades and decades and decades and decades. And here's how I and, and here's what I'm going to, you know, incentivize you to come to us. Tax breaks and opportunity zones and funding historically black colleges and talking about the fact that, the, you know, uh, that, you know, uh, under President Trump, the African-American and minorities are going to do better. And you know what they did? I wish Pre- Pence had hit on that a little bit harder about how things were so much better uh, pre-coronavirus for the minorities. Got to let you go, Al, and we're going to take a break. And Ed and I will be back. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. Welcome back to tonight's post-debate analysis of the VP versus the wannabe. I'm, it's Andrea Kay and Ed Martin here. Um, before the break, we were talking uh, with Al uh, from Lemon Grove about identity politics. But I want to get back to um, speaking of identity politics, Ed Martin. There was a, there was right. a moment in the debate um, that had to do with um, I think it had to do with packing the courts in. Um, Oh no! It had to do with uh, attacking Amy Coney Barrett uh, for her for her faith, and uh, Kamala Harris's response was, "Oh no, no, we 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 love all, all the religious people. In fact, if Joe Biden wins, he's going to be the most Catholicly Catholic person ever." And it was so phony, so yeah. disingenuous. And I thought to myself, "Really? Uh, he's a he's a practicing Catholic," she said, and everybody immediately started tweeting, uh, "Really? Since when does the Catholic Church uh, support abortion?" I, I I thought it was a huge fail on her part. Well, look, I think here's one of the things that you have to know. Um, Mike Pence's answer that, that sort of triggered that for, out of her was about Amy Coney Barrett. And he was laying down uh, what the Democrats know is a huge problem. Remember, in states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, to some extent, Florida, uh, those states have lots of, of sort of um, traditional Democrat voters who are Catholic and who have been moving away from the Democrat Party because 
Democrat Party doesn't allow you to be pro-life anymore. And the Democrat Party Mm -hmm. didn't stop NAFTA. Trump did. Right. So this is moving. These people, these groups are moving. And it was kind of a trap that Pence dropped because Dianne Feinstein, Senator Feinstein, said this offensive line about a year ago to Amy Coney Barrett about the dogma running strong in her. Kamala Harris attacked uh, the Knights of Columbus, the fraternal (laughs) organization that runs the fish fry. And so when Pence did that, he was also pointing in a direction for one of the problem areas that the the uh, Biden-Harris team has. Now, the reaction of Kamala Harris, though, is classic politics. You say something that you almost can't dispute without getting into the weeds, right? We're both people of faith. Joe's a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And people go, okay, but you, you know, you, what does it mean? I mean, you know, right. if you listen to Father Altman, a young priest from uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin, he said you can't be a Democrat, you can't vote Democrat and be Catholic anymore because of their 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 open antagonism to the positions. On the other hand, Pope Francis uh, makes noises that people say, oh, well, you should be more liberal. So it, it on her part, it's a good move because it's a shorthand that a lot of Americans don't bother or want to question. But Pence was laying a little bit of a landmine. And I think in the next week and a half, the hope in the Pence uh, in the Trump White House is that the Democrats will step on this landmine. Pardon my harsh uh, metaphor. And it will cause them real problems. That's what I think was happening in the background. I, look, I, I have no defense of Joe Biden's Catholicism because his stance on abortion is so radical. I just can't believe that um, this is a serious a man trying to make this argument but i don't think he is serious i think he's just making a political play well it was just pandering you know it's it's like him yeah, being down in right. florida with these haitian you know uh at this haitian cultural center and he spots some young girls in the crowd hey you young girl i want to see you dancing for years you know and it's just like it, it's gross i mean the, the you know it's so disingenuous and inauthentic and it just reeks of it you know we know that you are antithetical your entire party is anti-judeo-christian principles and values Values and beliefs, etc. They we know that they want to replace God with state. We know that they're partnering with the Islamists in order to who both both uh, you know uh, two sides of that coin want a centralized system of power with complete control over us. Uh, uh, it's obvious because you can still congregate in a Walmart all day long in California, and you still cannot go to a church. And that's the case across most of the states that are still under control under the Democrats. That's another area that I felt the Pence could have talked, to, and I think Trump needs to pivot to. I think uh, as we in the time that we have remaining uh, maybe we can talk about what we need to see what Trump needs to do now this is the only vice presidential debate what Trump needs to do in the next presidential debate and I think that this they're led they're leading with coronavirus and I think that they need to do better even better than Pence did tonight here's what we have done successfully and point 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 the moderator specifically asked Biden uh, Harris what will you do different come January 1 pivoting away from from asking her what would you have done different in January of 2020 I think that they need to have a better bullet points of the, all, everything that they did successfully and I think that they need to start talking about freedom it, it's coming too late for President Trump to be taking the mask off and talking about not living in fear and freedom and he needs to pivot to calling out these Democrat governors with their unconstitutional shutdowns your thoughts Well, I think you're right. And look, Trump did that last debate and you only heard a whisper out of it from Pence. But I think you're right. I think if you look inside right now, the the American people and forget even for now the electorate, because that's a different set of the but the American people, they're they're, they're really the vast majority of we the people, I believe, is in line with the president's uh, speaking about getting back to our normal life as much as we can, opening up our businesses, opening our schools. That's really, to me, now where we are. 
there's still a chunk, 20%, 30% that are going to complain and say we should lock everything down, but that's getting smaller and smaller. So mm-hmm. I think the president is, last week when his debate, he made that clear and that felt right. Pence didn't do that as much today. He didn't say, you're the people that want mandates. You're the people that want control. You're the people that want the new normal where, you know, Cuomo and, and uh, de Blasio are out, uh, you know, m- mandating and, and shutting down the people of New York City and New York State. And I think that contrast is powerful. Now, Trump made it stronger. So I think that has to happen. Uh, look, I, I think in the next um, three and a half weeks now, four weeks, what the P- Trump administration needs to do is keep showing, as you said, the progress on the basics, the seriousness of the approach and hope, frankly, that the contrast of Biden's weakness and Kamala's sort of lefty leaning stuff is enough. But it's a really tough time, especially with the media so blatantly against them. It's amazing to watch. What do you think Trump should do? Biden's already floating us that if Trump still has COVID, that there shouldn't be a debate. How should what? Well, I think that's what Biden. Yeah, that's what Biden wants to do. Right. They want he wants to get out of that debate. Look, I think Trump's just going to say, here I am. And if Biden dodges, it hurts Biden. And and Trump's going to have a rally or 10 rallies or whatever. So um, the uh, I think that the I don't he will try that. I think he will definitely try that. I don't know that it works. um, But who knows? I mean, look, it's (laughs) it's the it's a presidential commission and Joe Biden versus Trump. Right. So I'm sure they're going to try to make it hard to get the thing pulled off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just to to wrap up, uh, here's a tweet from Molly Hemingway from The Federalist, who I love. Uh, She tweeted that the way you know everyone agrees that Pence won is that we're now on the talking point of vice presidential debates not mattering. Even though Pence's stellar (laughs) performance in 2016 clearly mattered a great deal for traditional GOP voters going for Trump that year as well. We haven't talked about uh, the... um, the never Trumpers in the Republican Party, you know, uh, Kamala Harris, she thought that she was going to impress everybody by talking about all the never Trumpers from the Republican Party that yeah. are picking Biden. Loser. And yeah. And, and I thought that Pence knocked it out when he said, look, you're the, yeah, that just proves you're the party of establishment and we're the party uh, of movement of average Americans. I thought that was incredibly important. I thought it was good and solid, and, and I just thought if she's going to brag about John Kasich, um, she she must not understand politics, right? That that was a place where that <laughs> was Trump a place or- where she was flat. Or, yeah, Cindy McCain. I mean, come on. This is not serious. Uh, and I thought, again, Pence, look, to finish this, we're at the end of this time. Pence yeah. was masterful at delivering what he needed to, sometimes really well, but always workmanlike. And in that case, it was, hey, we got a bigger movement here that's not about the Beltway. That was this easy one for him to hit hard back up the middle. It wasn't a home run, but it was a sharp single up the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, rate the performances tonight of the moderator and Pence and Kamala Harris on the A, you know, classic school grades. I think Pence gets a solid A. I think uh, I think Kamala gets probably a C plus or a B minus. She didn't do as bad as people are going to say. She were, she was workman enough for her. I think the moderator faded already. I don't really know what she was about. I mean, t- typical tendentious questions. But I would say tonight is a big uh, boost for Trump, uh, and Pence did that. So I think that's very positive. And I think uh, Biden gets not much out of it. So all in all, probably a, a, a solid improvement for the Pence uh, for the Trump Pence team. 
Absolutely. I think after what happened at that last debate, I think many Trump supporters tonight going into this were like, what is Pence going to be going to be facing? What are they going to try to do to take? How unfair is this going to be? Is he going to be able to make his case and do it well? And I think it was an absolute uh, complete victory tonight, as well as I think we were, baby. I think we did a great job yeah. tonight. Thank you Come for on. being here with, <laughs> with me, as always. And thanks for you guys for joining us. And we're going to be back for the next presidential debate. There'll be more Ed Martin and Andrea Kay on its way for the next debate. Have a great night, everybody. Love you all. See you next time.